It's Thursday, February 6th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. President Trump's Senate impeachment trial is over, but he's not about to put away his boxing gloves yet. And I'll beat him again if I have to. Turns out, some other Democrats and Republicans want to keep the political investigations going. We'll explain. Meanwhile, as coronavirus spreads, surgical masks are selling out. And even Amazon can't keep up with the demand. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. A month and a half after being impeached by the House of Representatives and a day after his acquittal in the Senate trial, today, President Trump declared victory. They brought me to the final stages of impeachment. But now we have that gorgeous word. I never thought a word would sound so good. It's called total acquittal. But while he's bragging about how the House couldn't take him down, others are saying, we ain't done here. First, there are still some open investigations on Trump. Back in December, days before the House even officially impeached Trump, lawmakers promised they would keep investigating the president after impeachment was over. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi reiterated that today at her weekly news conference, saying lawmakers still have to hold Trump accountable. And they have plenty to work with. Whether it's ongoing court battles to enforce old subpoenas or trying to get to the bottom of Trump's finances. Those cases still exist. If there are others that we see as an opportunity, we'll make a judgment at that time. But we have no plans right now. Some pundits think there's even a possibility that Trump could be impeached for a second time. So that's a thing. Meanwhile, some Republicans say two can play at this game. Yesterday, two Republican senators wrote a letter to the Secret Service asking for information about former VP Joe Biden's son, Hunter. Remember, all the impeachment drama started because Trump was allegedly trying to get dirt on Hunter's work in Ukraine. Those senators are now asking for Hunter's travel log to spot any potential conflicts in Hunter's work during the time his father was in office. So even though impeachment wrapped up, we're probably going to keep hearing about investigations into the main players, Trump and Biden. But there's going to be a limit here. Because yesterday, Attorney General Bill Barr announced some new rules. If any division of the Justice Department wants to open a politically sensitive investigation this year, Barr has to give special permission. That means no investigations into a presidential or vice presidential candidate or even their top advisors unless Barr is on board. There's a reason for this. Two big FBI investigations during the 2016 election. One focused on the Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton. I'm here to give you an update on the FBI's investigation of Secretary Clinton's use of a personal email system during her time as Secretary of State. The summer before the election, FBI Director Jim Comey said he wouldn't be bringing charges against Clinton for using that email server. Then, just days before the election, he wrote a letter to Congress saying the FBI actually would be looking into new emails possibly relevant to her case. Spoiler alert, they weren't. But some people say that letter cost Clinton the election. Another investigation focused on the Trump campaign's relationship with Russia. The FBI even wiretapped one of Trump's campaign advisors, a guy named Carter Page. A couple weeks ago, the Justice Department admitted they didn't have enough evidence to do that at the time. And even though that investigation didn't seem to affect the outcome of the election, you never know. It could have. So with all this talk about investigations into Trump, the presumed Republican nominee, and Biden, his potential opposition, 
Barr seems to be trying to improve the credibility of his department. But Congress can do whatever it wants, so the clause there might still come out. And speaking of political stories that keep going on and on, today the head of the National Democratic Party, Tom Perez, called for a statewide re-canvas in Iowa after it's taken days to count up the votes from Monday's caucus. The party chair in Iowa responded, saying, we'll do that if any of the candidates request it. 97% of the Iowa caucus results are in, but outlets like the New York Times have spotted big errors in the data. Even after the Iowa Democratic Party repeatedly apologized for messing things up earlier in the week, that's a first-in-the-nation embarrassment. For more on the wild week in politics, check out tomorrow's Daily Skim newsletter. You can sign up at theskim.com. The coronavirus outbreak continues to worsen, both in China and around the world. It's been two weeks since the Chinese city of Wuhan went into full quarantine mode, and the number of infections there and across China has passed 28,000. At least 560 people in China have died. Here was the head of the World Health Organization today. There is a common uh, enemy now, a very unknown virus. So far, coronavirus hasn't had a major impact on the U.S. Several hundred people have been quarantined in California, but there have been just 11 confirmed cases nationwide and no fatalities so far. But that doesn't mean people aren't worried. Depending on where you live, you may be seeing more people wearing medical face masks. Some brick-and-mortar stores and pharmacies have already sold out. And even Amazon has had to restock. Dr. Erin Sorrell is a research professor in the microbiology department at Georgetown University. She says it's understandable people are racing to respond. When people hear the words epidemic, when they hear pandemic, their initial kind of fight-or-flight reaction is to think about their family, their friends, their well-being. But Sorrell says there are two problems. The first is that there simply aren't enough masks for everyone to have their own stash. The Chinese government has even ordered some manufacturers to sell their stockpiles directly to them, instead of putting them on the market. Another manufacturer received 500 million mask orders, despite that being almost three times more than it makes in a full year. And this mask rush means people who most need them might not be able to get them. The priority should be given to healthcare workers treating patients who are ill. It's also important to prioritize those communities who have a number of ill patients and making sure those communities have the resources available to protect their members. Another problem is that the actual masks people are buying might not be that helpful. Plain old painter's masks simply aren't effective at preventing the spread of a virus. Meanwhile, the surgical masks with the blue tint may not be helping much either. They're surgical masks, as in, kind of gross here, but good at preventing fluid from being sprayed at a surgeon. But when it comes to preventing airborne viral transmission, not so much. There is a kind of gold standard for health masks. It's called the N95 respirator, since it can block out 95% of air particles if used properly. Problem is, even if you can find them for sale, Sorrell says N95s require a special test involving an airflow machine to properly seal them to a person's face. And without a proper fit, the N95 won't be fully effective. In fact, they can lead people to think they're more protected than they really are. So where does that leave all of us? Especially if the shelves at the local CVS are empty. Sorrell says the best advice should sound pretty familiar. Washing your hands 
with warm water and soap for at least 40 to 60 seconds, avoiding touching your eyes and your face, and then keeping your distance from people who may be ill, from those coughing and sneezing. Oh, and those are also the best tips to avoid catching the regular flu and other respiratory infections. So, some solid health advice for the coronavirus and staying healthy year-round. It's Skim Money Thursday, so let's check in with our friend, the U.S.-China trade deal. This morning, China announced plans to cut in half the tariffs it put on $75 billion worth of U.S. goods back in December. Imports like crude oil, soybeans, pork, and auto parts. It's planned to go into effect on February 14th. And who said there aren't any more original ideas for a Valentine's Day gift? Some experts say this move is a sign China is ready to follow through on its promises. Remember, China and the U.S. signed off on a phase one deal just last month. Today we take a momentous step, one that has never been taken before with China. With China pledging to buy billions of dollars worth of U.S. goods over the next couple years. But it could be China also gets to enjoy its Valentine's Day box of trade chocolates. The coronavirus outbreak has thrown a major wrench into China's slowing economy. And the response to today's move was strong. Global stock markets had a great day after the announcement, and China's currency also got a small boost. As for the U.S., easing trade tensions is definitely a relief. It means price hikes on goods from China might not be as bad as they could have been, which could keep markets going strong and cheer up the economy as a whole. Oh, and keep your favorite made-in-China goods in a reasonable price range. For more on how the U.S.-China trade deal can impact your wallet, head on over to theskim.com money. Before we go today, we've got a fun, well, funny fact coming to you from... Off-road in Berlin last weekend! <clears throat> a dark red line on Google Maps, which must mean a traffic nightmare. So how many cars were there? Zero. Just Berlin performance artist Simon Weckert and a little red wagon filled with 99 cell phones. Weckert used the phones to trick Google Maps into thinking that 99 people were on the road, stuck in traffic, and the GPS app fell for it. Weckert says his art is meant to comment on how Google Maps has created dispositive nets that determine human behavior. But for the rest of us too busy for that conversation, it might just bring a smile to our faces the next time we're actually stuck in traffic. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 